The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up. Friends near and far, we welcome you to the Sunday service of ordered worship in the nave of Marsh Chapel, Boston University. The liturgy, homily, and music are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, for our New England radio audience through WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe, live at WBUR.org. We encourage your written or emailed responses, your prayerful and material support, your self-identification with your own form of ministry, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us for worship. While we have breath, we shall remember and affirm the goodness in the hymn of Charles Wesley, unite the pair so long disjoined, knowledge and vital piety, learning and holiness combined, and truth and love let all men see. In those who up to thee we give, thine holy thine, to die and live. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, let us stand in the praise of God.
we pray. Almighty and everlasting God, in Christ you have revealed your glory among the nations. Preserve the works of your mercy that your church throughout the world may persevere with steadfast faith in the confession of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. But for the grace of God we would not be, and but for the grace of God we could not love, and but for the grace of God we should not speak. But by God's grace we live and love and speak. We pause together as our choir sings to lift our individual shared confessions in this moment. Together let us pray. the depths do we cry to thee, O Lord, keep before us, we ask, the hurt of estrangement, the pervasiveness of sin, the starkness of the cross, and meet us, we pray, in the depth of our longing, through Christ our Lord. Amen. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks. A lesson from St. Paul's first epistle to the Thessalonians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers constantly remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that he has chosen you because our message of the gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction just as you know what kind of persons we prove to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for in spite of persecution, you received the word with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. 
For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has become known, so that we have no need to speak about it. For the people of those regions report about us what kind of welcome we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols, to serve a living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he has raised from the dead, Jesus who rescues us from the wrath that is coming. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading verses from Psalm 99 with the Antiphon. peoples tremble. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim. Let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted over all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is the Lord. Mighty King, lover of justice, you have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Extol the Lord our God. Worship at his footstool. Holy is the Lord. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel also was among those who called on his name. 
They cried to the Lord, and he answered them. He spoke to them in the pillar of cloud. They kept his decrees and the statutes he gave them. O Lord our God, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them, but an avenger of their wrongdoings. Extol the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain. Surely the Lord our God is holy. for the singing of the Gloria Patri, the reading of the gospel, and the singing of our hymn. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John, chapter 17, verses 1 through 11. Glory to you, O Lord. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that your Son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all people, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made, known, made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from me, from you. For the words that you gave to me I have given to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
be seated. High atop all of the world's literature sits our holy scripture. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. And within the scripture itself, the two siblings, the testaments, the older and the newer, the Hebrew scriptures and the Christian writings, we step up toward them. We give honor in this setting to the later, the New Testament writings. Those 27 then, within them, gospels and letters and apocalyptic writings. We love them all. You love all of these writings, but we give some pride of place come Sunday to the Gospels, step up, step up. And speaking of pride of place and love, we certainly love Matthew and Mark and Luke, but there is something sublime, there is something spiritual and special about the fourth Gospel, one step further. And within the fourth Gospel, following the seven miracles to begin and preceding the passion and resurrection to conclude, there lies this moonscape, this ethereal, mysterious place. Chapters 14 to 17. Up, up, up. We are on the Matterhorn, the Mount Everest, the Mount Washington of literature and scripture. And that third verse, this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Your participation in today's sermon is invited and needed, yea, required. Think for a minute as we hear this different gospel of your greatest disappointment, your toughest dislocation, your hardest departure. The community of the beloved disciple that over decades developed our fourth gospel knew them all. And hear the good news in the depth of disappointment they found freedom, in the depth of dislocation they found grace, in the depth of departure they found love. Not otherwise or later or to the side, but in the marrow. They knew disappointment of a theological kind. We do too. The greatest hope of the primitive church had been disappointed. The hope of the sudden soon return of the Lord foreshadowed in the reading from 1 Thessalonians some 40 years earlier than John. In that fourth chapter of that letter, you will hear the Lord himself will descend with the cry of command, the archangels call, the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we, the living, the remaining, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to be always with the Lord. And yet, decade, decade, he had not come. There are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven. And yet 70, 80, 90 A.D. And the community of John in the heart of disappointment faced the truth. And in the place of parousia they found and put paraclete. That is, in the place of the expectation of Armageddon, they put the artistry of the quotidian. In the place of speculation, they put spirit, the hour is coming, and now is. We have our disappointments too. We are in an age which we recognize, don't we? Honest to God. That our maybe earlier adolescent junior understanding of the divine just won't do. We're going to need to pray to the God beyond God. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. God's way with us is away from us. We too find freedom in our disappointment. Likewise, 
this earlier community knew dislocation. They'd been given the bums rush, the heave ho. They'd been thrown out of the synagogue, taken away from their mother community, their mother tongue, their way of being raised. They were in a new land. And what did they find there? A communal love, a grace unlike any other. Friend, we are in a time of significant dislocation, cultural and economic. Maybe with John's community, we could look at the heart of our dislocation, not later or elsewhere, but right there, and see something gracious, as in this expectation that those who have much might not have too much. And those who have little might not have too little. And isn't that a wonderful line, how I wish I could claim it as original, but you know it's found in Corinthians. It's as old as the hills, that balance of liberty and justice. And this community knew departure, certainly the glorification here named in the reading of the gospel, the prediction of the cross to come soon, that loss, that departure in 30 AD, but between then and the writing also, and more so, the departure of the one who wrote up the gospel, which is a chain of homilies, perhaps someone like a beloved disciple who also came to a point where he met them from a farther shore and in a greater light. And in that departure, not later or otherwise, but right there, in its newness, they found love. In departure, we can learn a new cadence for love. The departure of a parent may prod us further to love a child. The departure of a sibling may cause us to love further a friend. The departure of one guides us to love full love, love that knows the cost of another. How different this gospel. This is eternal life that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. With some of you, I tried to tell you where this gospel comes from. And we have four gospels. They're like siblings in my family of origin. There were four of us, three brunettes and a redhead. The oldest, Bob, can't you tell, Kathy and Cynthia, all brown hair, very plain. And the youngest, John, red hair, red as a fire, fire engine, red. Where did he come from? The oddball, the outsider. Except aptly named, John, when we go to our summer family reunion, you know that place where you have just a little something to eat, beef and pork and sausage and potatoes and corn and squash and pies and ice cream and all, and then those who can actually move after the meal are invited to stand on a veranda. I brought you a photograph, it's not a real one. We're, this is a recession, we don't have extra money for photographs. But you can see here on that veranda this extended family. Do you notice, do you see? They're all redheads. It's a redheads convention except for those three oddball brunettes. John, in his extended second, first, second century family, is just like everybody else, only more so. And those three siblings, the synoptics, they're really the ones out of step when you get the full picture, do you see? John, this redhead, stands shoulder to shoulder with the writing of his time, with the trimorphic protonoia, with the apocryphon of John, with the paraphrase of Shem, with the Greco-Roman and even Gnostic writings of his time. Those who inhabited the community of the fourth gospel were not afraid in theological disappointment, not afraid in sociological dislocation, not afraid in personal departure. They faced all with the choice of faith, and so can we, and so can you. 
My beloved teacher and mentor and advisor, Raymond Brown, of blessed memory in his book, The Community of the Beloved Disciple, concludes such a beautiful phrase saying, here some may have seen a sectarian document, but over time the great church saw in the Johannine tradition of Jesus something very different from their own. But over time, a tradition that could become an embraceable variant. Dissimilar, but oh so huggable. Religious life into the next century will revolve around the struggle to find in dissimilarity an embraceable variant in freedom and grace and love. So we shall, from this day forward, live as children of the living God and receive the gifts proffered us in John 17 and 3. This is eternal life, where the synoptics would have said kingdom of heaven, that they may know where the synoptics would have said believe, the only true God where the synoptics would have said Abba, and Jesus Christ where the synoptics would have said rabbi, and sent where the synoptics would have said begotten. Very different! New occasions teach new duties. Time makes ancient good uncouth. One must upward still and onward who would keep abreast of truth. We receive the gift today of freedom even in the heart of our disappointment. In our age, we recognize the disappointments manifold about us. On this Sunday, this particular Sunday, Martin Luther King Jr.'s sculpture will be honored in Washington, D.C. This, earlier this week, I met a new colleague in an unexpected place who asked me where I worked. I described the setting and she said, oh yes, the place of the birds, the monument in front and an occasion to speak about the freedom, the strength to love. Here, uh, not so much in a personified or a representational way, but in the freedom, as Bart said, this is the gospel, the freedom of a bird in flight. We shall need to make our choices in this freedom. In the autumn, my heart goes back to the poet. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth, and took the other as just as fair, though having perhaps a better claim, for it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that, the parting there had worn them both about the same, and both that morning equally lay, and leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever get back. I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere, ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Freedom! in the heart of disappointment, grace in dislocation. Since the day of my confirmation in the Oneida Methodist Church in 1968, my beloved denomination, beloved, has managed to lose half of its membership in the Northeast. Lyle Scheller, 25 years ago, said, these denominations will gladly accept 2% annual decline in exchange for the tacit agreement that there be no substantive change. Marvelous is arithmetic. Oh. We grow tired, we know. We know Pasternak's love of Shakespeare in the 66. We feel it. Tired with all of these for restful death I cry. 
as to behold desert a beggar born, and needy nothing trimmed in jollity, and purest faith unhappily forsworn, and gilded honor shamefully misplaced, and maiden virtue rudely strumpeted, and right perfection wrongfully disgraced, and strength by limping sway dislodged, and art made tongue-tied by authority, and folly doctor-like controlling skill, and simple truth miscalled simplicity, and captive good attending captain ill. Can you hear that? It begs to be heard. Yet in our dislocation, in our time, again, we discover the beauty of grace lasting in thought, word, and deed, in tradition and traveling and tithing. And for Marsh Chapel, a synergistic hourly engagement once a week of preaching and music and liturgy where the work of the people is touched by the pulpit that listens to the choir, that recognizes the work, that listens. It's a three-part dance in grace as we face our dislocation. And in departure, and in departure, you know, it was only in the first letter of John that the outworking of love and departure was fully told. You don't find it complete in the gospel, but in the letter you surely do. Do you remember the conclusion of this document? Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and born of God, and knows God. One who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and has sent his Son to be the expiation of our sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God's love abides in us and is perfected in us. So we pray. Do you pray? So we commune. Do you commune? So we gather. Do you sing? So we converse. Do you listen? Two minutes of conversation with somebody five pews away from you on a Sunday may be more healing for that one than all the hymns of Easter and all the preaching of the church. Love, love is for those who know the difficulty of departure. Hear the, hear the good news and lift up your hearts, sursum corda. Freedom is found in disappointment, grace in dislocation, love in departure. And we have before us and surrounding us the presence of God. So we will end today with Thurman's favorite hymn. Thurman's favorite psalm. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest when I sit down and when I rise up. Thou discernest my thoughts from afar. Thou searchest out my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou dost beset me behind and before and layest thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in Sheol, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there thy hand shall lead me. Thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, let, let only the darkness cover me and the light around me be as night, even the darkness is not dark to thee. 
The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with thee. The good news, John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Amen. We come to a time of prayer in our worship service. I invite you to assume a posture that best fits your ability to support the prayers of the community, whether it be sitting, standing, kneeling at the pew or the altar rail. Now please join me in singing our call to prayer, Lead Me, Lord. prayer this morning comes out of a Sufi tradition. I will end each petition with, may God fill us all with peace. You are welcome to join in this response. Send thy peace, O Lord, which is perfect and everlasting, that our souls may radiate peace. May God fill us all with peace. Send thy peace, O Lord, that we may think, act, and speak harmoniously. May God fill us all with peace. Send thy peace, O Lord, that we may be contented and thankful for thy bountiful gifts. May God fill us all with peace. Send thy peace, O Lord, that amidst our worldly strife we may enjoy thy bliss. May God fill us all with peace. Send thy peace, O Lord, that we may endure all, tolerate all, in the thought of thy grace and mercy. May God fill us all with peace. Send thy peace, O Lord, that our lives may become a divine vision, and in thy light all darkness may vanish. May God fill us all with peace. Send thy peace, O Lord, our Father and Mother, that we, thy children on earth, may all unite in one family. May God fill us all with peace. And now we are bold to pray in the words that Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
The peace of the Lord be always with you. We greet you once again here in the nave of Marsh Chapel, and we hope that you'll take a moment this morning to put your name and contact information in the red book found along the center aisle of each pew so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the week. Now for a special uh, piece of information about our Parents Weekend program next weekend, Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett. We warmly invite you next Saturday, this coming Saturday, October 22nd, at 7.30 here in the nave of Marsh Chapel to come and support our chapel choir. They will sing about an hour's worth of anthems selected from the Sundays so far this term, some of our favorites and some of your favorites we know. Come and support them. It's a free concert and about an hour of music. It starts at 7.30 this coming Saturday here in the nave of Marsh Chapel. Thank you, Scott. Also earlier in the day, donuts on the beach with the dean uh, to take in the uh, regatta out on the water. Also, uh, at 11 o'clock in the morning, our Marsh Chapel Art and Architecture Tour here in the nave. At noon, the Interstate Gospel Choir will offer their concert, and from 1 to 3 p.m., there will be organ recitals here in the chapel. A very full weekend next weekend, culminating with lunch following the service next Sunday. We hope that you will keep an eye to the chapel website, bu.edu chapel, for all of our upcoming services and activities, as well as the opportunity for online giving. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
Understanding God, we stand before you disappointed yet hopeful, offering these gifts before us as a symbol of our trust in you and our yearning for you. Be with us as we strive to live in our time, learn who we are, and discern where we are going. In your name we pray, amen. Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit, be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. <laughs> 